The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 48. This is the eighth episode in our series on the path to enlightenment, and today we're going to talk about the law of attraction. I've done an episode previously on the good, the bad, and the ugly on the law of attraction, and if you've not listened to that, I highly recommend it. But today I want to go over just some of the basics on how the law of attraction works. What is it? I think there is a large assumption on my part that this community even knows what it is. And uh, if you haven't watched movies like The Secret or read books like Think and Grow Rich, you may not know just how powerful the law of attraction is, how it works, and honestly, it is a secret of the universe that the most powerful and successful people throughout history have used, whether they've known it or not. So today, I want to give you what I know and kind of a basic overview of the law of attraction and a few tips and tricks that will hopefully help you start using it in your own life. So as always, let's have some fun. So, the law of attraction and the secret, think and grow rich, all of these, uh, for me, one of my favorites, the, the creative process in the individual by Thomas Troward, this concept that uh, I have been chasing down for, I don't know, let's say five, five years now, um, was the first time I kind of came across the secret. And uh, the secret has been out for, I don't at least 10 years. And uh, the law of attraction is a universal law. So it has been around forever. If you have never heard of the law of attraction, if you have real, if you've heard about it, or you've heard about the secret and just kind of dismissed it as, you know, voodoo or frou-frou stuff, or maybe something you, maybe you just, you've kind of had, it's been on your intuitive radar, like, Hey, I want to look into this, but it's never really found its way to the forefront. Then this episode is for you. Now, if you're very familiar with the law of attraction, and let's say, you know, you might you might consider yourself to be an expert in it, I think, you know, as always, <laughs> digging into things that we think we know, it's always nice to hear other people's thoughts. And I'm hoping to have some nuggets. There is some, there's a piece at the end of this episode um, that I want to share with you that I, for those of you who are familiar with the law of attraction, um, I think it would be very uh, insightful for you in your own life. And maybe if you've seen the law of attraction at work in some areas, but not others, that uh, maybe this will, this little insight will kind of unlock for you why that might be the case. So the law of attraction, at first and foremost, it's a universal law. And if you're not familiar with what the universal laws are, there is, depending on who you talk to, but you can Google it, the universal laws. Some would say there's 11, some would say there's 20. There's, I've seen all sorts of different numbers, but the, the principles or the basic idea is, is that there are ways that the universe works, period. Like math, math is math. It, you know, one plus one is always two. There is, you know, or, or music, the the octave scale, how, how music works or how colors work, the different elements like gravity 
and light and dark. There are just ways that the universe works. And we can try to manipulate and work with those principles as much as we can. But in the end, the laws of physics, uh, unless, unless our understanding grows, they're still operating within a set of principles. And we all work within these different laws. They're unbreakable. They are simply how things work. And so a lot of quantum physics and a lot of spiritual thought and a lot of mathematical geniuses have figured out these different laws over time and humanity is is trying to figure out how to work with them. Now, some of these laws are more spiritual than others. And spiritual or magic is is simply a, a way of saying there's there's something that we know that works, we just don't know how it works yet. I firmly believe that, for instance, we know that spirit speaks to matter. We know that, that humanity and even animals and creation, that we get communication from spirit, right? And so we call it intuition, we call it thought, we call it all these different things. But in the end, there is a there has to be a way in which spirit communicates to matter. And a brief kind of insight for me, I believe it is through light. Uh, we already know that light can carry information. That's how uh, an optical drive works on your computer or your TV. That's how lasers can transfer information. That's how you know a laser can literally read a, a CD in a disk drive because of because of light. And so we know that light can carry data. And I believe as as time goes on, humanity will figure out that literally the sun and the moon and the stars and the light of the universe is carrying information from the realm of spirit, from the realm that is outside of time and space into our realm, we would call that intuition or I have a hunch or a gut feeling or magic. But the reality is, is that there is a mechanical way in which things work. There is a universal law behind how spirit speaks to us and how we receive information from spirit. We just don't fully understand it yet. And so it seems like magic. It seems like, well, that's just spiritual. In the end, when humanity understands its place, when we understand how we're made and how we work with spirit, how we are body, soul, spirit, we are all, we are those three dimensions in one. We are God in the flesh. When we understand how that works, it won't be magic anymore. It'll simply be known fact. It'll be, it'll be known like gravity, where gravity and the idea of, uh, being on a planet and not falling off the edge, like all that stuff, like we didn't understand that if you, you know, they used to think if you went to the edge of the earth, you would fall off. Well, what was that force that would have pulled you off right now? We know that the earth is round. I'm sorry, flat earthers, but you know, that's a whole nother discussion. I am not a flat earther, although I have researched it pretty intensely. (laughs) But uh, you know, if you fell off the edge of the earth, what would pull you down? Well, now we know that force is gravity right and uh as and that gravity is what makes spherical figures in the in the universe by the way because gravity pulls everything equally which is why that's one of the main reasons why you know the earth is round not only that everything else in the universe is round um the stars and every other planet we see so all that to say that what was that thing that we didn't know and it was just this magical force that would pull you it's now it's known as gravity it's just a fact and it's 
it's still a fact that we're unpacking. We don't, we don't know how to, you know, how to do anti-gravity and how to work with, you know, those types of magnetic forces and all that stuff. But the point being is we know that there's a thing that's a universal law that we have to work with and everyone works with it. Even the planets work with gravity when in relationship to the sun. So universal law is a law that is always working whether we understand it or not. And the more we can understand it, the more we can then begin to manipulate it, and the more we can begin to work with it, and we can use our divinely, our divine creative power as gods in the flesh to start creating the world that, that uh, we desire around us. And this is never more a poignant statement than when you're talking about the law of attraction. So the law of attraction is a universal law, and the number one thing you need to know, it is literally always working. There's never, you know, the movie, a movie like The Secret kind of gives an impression that if you start working with the law of attraction, you can build a life you want. I have news for you. You're working with the law of attraction all the time. There's nobody who isn't. It is always on whether you like it or not, whether you know about it or not, you are using the law of attraction every day, every moment, all the time. Now the question is, how do you manipulate it? How do you insert your desires into the equation? If, if it's a law if, or a mathematical equation, which essentially is, is a spiritual mathematical equation, if it's an equation, how can you insert your desire? How can you insert yourself into that equation? Now, it's important to know that the law of attraction is a secondary universal law. There is a primary universal law underneath it known as the law of vibration. And so, if you're familiar with any kind of quantum physics discoveries that are being made in our lifetime, then you'll start to, you'll, you'll be familiar with the reality that everything is energy, right? The, the hat on my head the food in my belly, the thoughts I think, the emotions I feel, the gravity that we cannot see, the radio waves that you cannot feel, the, you know, everything is energy. And just some of my favorite examples of like, if you know, if you want to touch energy, just touch your emotions. If I say Trump, or I say Obama, or I say Democrats, Republicans, if I say Catholic Church, or Muslims or whatever kind of, maybe you're a sports fan. And I, if I say the Detroit Lions, maybe you get super excited, whatever. Feel those emotions. Feel the, the energy that rises up from, what did I do? I just uttered a word. And those words have a vibration. They're in English. They're in with my male baritone voice that's slightly stuffed up because of a sinus infection. Like those, everything is vibrational down to obviously the things you can't see. Quantum physics is proving more and more and more and more that energy takes its different forms in the form of different vibrations. So the law of vibration is a underlying primary law of the universe and a secondary law that allows us to then step into that and insert our desires and our own intention is the law of attraction. If you've heard of the double slit experiment, then you will know that the observer effect, uh, the observer of energy changes its form. So why am I bringing this up? So in the law of attraction, 
there's a principle, and it's a basic, the basic idea of the law of attraction is that you are always vibrating. Your mind, your thoughts, your emotions are always vibrating. And specifically, your mind and emotions are the observer of your world. So when you are constantly thinking about not having enough money and you're feeling the pressure of not having enough money, you are the observer. The observer effect is kicking into place inside of your life where undifferentiated waveform energy that is around you, because the, the double slit experiment is the, oh man, how do I do this in a basic, I'll, I'll post the double slit experiment video. It's actually on uh, the New Age Christian website. But it's the idea that they shot electrons, laser lights at a screen. And long story short, one of the things they discovered from this experiment is that when they had a camera watching this process, the results were uh, that the light, the electrons were in particle form essentially like small little, imagine small little specks of dust being hit up against the screen. But when they were not observing with a camera, then the results of the experiment is that it was waveform energy hitting the screen. So imagine uh, small waves of sound or waves of water hitting the screen. So when there was a camera, it was particle form, like dust. And there, when there wasn't a camera, it was waveform, like waves of water. And in energy speak, what this means is in the waveform, it is, it is energy that has not yet chosen a form. So it's, it is limitless possibilities. It could become a dog. It be, could become a, a glass of Coke. It could become the, the feeling of anger. It is, it is, well, emotions are still undifferentiated largely until they hit your body. But um, that, that waveform energy has yet to t- pick a particle form inside of time and space. So it is limitless possibility. You are surrounded by waveform energy. You are sur- surrounded by limitless possibility. Um, by and large, that is what light is. That is what what the unseen, when you push your hand through the space in front of you, it's not just going through nothing. It's going through waveform energy that has not yet been differentiated. So then the observer, the camera in this case, is your mind and your emotions. So when that waveform energy comes to you and you're observing poverty and lack and pain and whatever, that waveform energy now switches into its particle form and manifests in the form of poverty, pain, and lack. This is not voodoo mumbo jumbo. This is literally science, scientifically proven principles on how energy works. So that is where you get ideas and these spiritual ideas about as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? And we're going to get into how to use the law of attraction. And obviously for me, it, it's, there's no easier way to state the equation than when Jesus says, when you pray, believe that you have what you've asked for and it shall be given to you. He's basically saying, change your thoughts to believing you already have the thing you want. Then the the waveform energy that is surrounding you will turn into the particle form, the physical reality of the thing that you're thinking about, of the thing that you want. And so the law of attraction at its core is to change your thoughts and emotions and your actions to line up 
with the desires of your heart in such a way as to believe that you have the things you want and watch the universe and this universal law bring them to you. To create the life you want simply by thought leading to emotions, emotions leading to actions. We did it in last week's episode on the power of decision uh, with Grant Porteous, where we talked about how your decisions lead to thoughts and your thoughts lead to feelings and your feelings lead to actions and your actions lead to results, right? And it's this continuing process of creating your life and it starts with your thoughts and decisions and it starts with understanding that you are working with a universal law. There's, there's, no, there's no unknown magic as to how we all have that friend who just constantly stumbles into money, right? That friend or family member who constantly stumbles into money. We think they're just lucky, but they always do it. How the, the luck we have given this, this title to the law of attraction for a lot of people as luck or unluck. Well, I'm just unlucky. No, you will continue to produce the vibration that brings you luck or unluck. You continue to produce the vibration that brings you the life you have. So the law of attraction is, another way to really put it is, it is the, it is the tool by which I can say, your life is a perfect reflection of your beliefs. If you want to change your life, change your beliefs. Because when you change your beliefs, you change your thoughts. When you change your thoughts, you change your emotions. When you change your emotions, you change your actions. This is, I've built an entire organization on this called Belief IQ. I will be offering more classes over time and, and bringing them to the NAC community where we can do retreats on this and actually use tools to, to change this and work with the law of attraction. But on its basic level, the law of attraction is what the universe uses to take the things that you think in your heart and make your life so. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. When you pray, believe that you have what you've asked for and it shall be given to you. That you are a perfect reflection of every thought you've ever had. If you, were, if you would have had every thought that Donald Trump has had, think about it. If you would have had for his whole life, if you were to have had and thought every thought that he has ever thought, you would be Donald Trump right? You would have made the same decisions. You would have had the same relationships. You would have been, you would have taken the same route to work. You would have all of these different things. If you thought all of the same thoughts, you would be Donald Trump. That's the truth of thought. That is the reality that as you think, so you are. So if you want to be somebody else, think different thoughts and work with this universal law that is always working to become a different person, to build a different life. That is the basic intro to the law of attraction. I, you know, I can't, I can't recommend the secret, the movie, the secret highly enough. It is really well done. Um, it is pretty clear. I will say it's, you know, it leaves some details to be desired. One of the classes I want to eventually do on newagechristianity.org is a, you know, the secret unpacked. I want to go through all of the sections of the secret and kind of drill deeper into the things that they say. But if you want an introduction to the law of attraction, and maybe you come from the Christian world and you were told that the secret is demonic. Look, they couldn't be further from the truth. The secret is Jesus's admonition 
that when you pray, believe that you have a jazz sword shall be given to you. The secret is an explanation of the magic that Jesus subscribed that you could build the life you want, that you could, there's nothing you could not do. You could say to this mountain, be thrown in the sea and it would obey you. Like the secret just is a rewording of everything that Jesus said and everything that the Bible teaches about this universal law, how to create the life that you desire, how to live happy and be a fulfilled individual in life. So, you know, watch that. Uh, if you like, if you're a C like me, dig into the creative process of the individual. It is by far my favorite presentation of the of this principle. If you're a D and you want to change the world and and be you know do it quickly and everything like that, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich is a great um, a great introduction to a lot of this stuff. It's it's I think he has he breaks it down to like 13 things you need to do, and it's pretty clear. Uh, so there's lots of lots of people that have communicated about this, and um, hopefully this is a good introduction. But if you want more information, I'll link to these books. I'll link to some videos, and uh, you know eventually I'll do a class. And by all means, if you want to, you can hit up the uh, the Facebook group and ask some more questions. I I love talking about this. This is this subject is easily one of my favorite subjects to share with people in detail because it's where the the details are where people fall apart. People, the details are where people come away, you know, this doesn't work or, or they don't understand why something happened or whatever. So uh, if you want some details, we can chat about it. So how do you use the law of attraction? Well, again, Jesus's formula, when you pray, believe that you have what you ask for and it shall be, it shall be given to you. So the first thing is you have to ask. So it's a three-step formula, ask, believe, receive. This is the law of attraction. You ask the universe, you ask God, you pray. This is this is what prayer is, people. Like I can I'm using more new agey or new more quantum physics language, but I mean I can use Christian language. So the first thing you need to do is pray. The second thing you need to do is believe and have faith. And the third thing you need to do is you need to have gratitude. Yeah, that's all the same. Ask, believe, receive. So asking in the law of attraction, there's a very, um, very important point. It's, there's a lot to each one of these steps. There's a lot of, uh, this is like a, it's like any skill you can start off simple and then you get more and more advanced in becoming a professional asker, you know, becoming a professional seeker of the things that you want. But the number one thing that you need to know is that when you ask be specific. And in short, vague requests will receive vague answers. Specific requests receive specific answers. Now, there is an art to being too specific. And here's what I mean. You may want a red Corvette. Okay, that's great. But you may have in your mind that, and you don't even realize that this is what you have in your mind, that you want a red Corvette given to you by your spouse as a present. And that may happen. Your spouse may give you a red Corvette as a present. But what if what if the universe decided that you were going to win one the next time you went, you know, walked into, I don't know, Bed Bath & Beyond and they were doing some giveaway you didn't even know about. You're the one billionth customer for Bed Bath & Beyond. Here's a red Corvette. What if it was a gift from from a long-lost relative or an inheritance or you don't know all the ways in which you can get a red Corvette. A lot of times, 
we want we want it to just be magical and simple, which is that's again that's one of the things I'm going to get to at the end. For those of you who've been working with a law of attraction and and maybe one of the major insights that I've kind of realized from working with it for a while now. But a lot of times we want it to be magical. Well, I'm just going to magically get my red Corvette. But the truth is, is that a lot of times the law of attraction works with another universal law known as the law of growth. And so maybe the desire for that Corvette needs to be strong enough that you're not just throwing up a wing and a prayer and going, well, it'd be so nice to have a red Corvette. But that desire builds to, you're truly vibrating on the level of, I desire, I have a red Corvette. This is what I drive. This is the vehicle that I drive. And when that becomes your vibration, there's a really darn good chance that you'll just finally decide to go get a car loan and go buy the red Corvette yourself. And you can listen to that and go, oh, that's bull crap. That's not the law of attraction. That's just me making a decision. Go listen to last week's episode (laughs) about the power of decision, and you'll see exactly why that's the case. Your decisions influence your thoughts. Your thoughts influence your emotions or your feelings. Your feelings influence your actions, and your actions create results, right? So you may want a red Corvette bad enough that you just go buy it. Maybe you're totally averse to debt, but this this Corvette is something you want more than not being in debt. And so you go get a loan and you go buy the red Corvette. So did the law of attraction fail you because you had to buy it yourself and somebody didn't magically give it to you? No. That's exactly the thing that you were working with. You thought about the red Corvette. You felt the red Corvette. You, you desired it so much so that there was really no, you believed that you had what you asked for. There was no doubt that you could go get it. And so you went and got it. That's how prayer works. Sometimes it's things outside of your control and you have no way of making it happen. And that requires a different route or a different energy of belief and faith. But a lot of times it's just something within your grasp. That's why successful people are using the law of attraction all the time to create their life. Because they're holding certain thoughts in their minds all the time. They're holding success thoughts in their mind. They're holding adventurous thoughts in their mind for travel and stuff like that. And if you're poor, what are you holding in your mind? You're holding, I need to go to a thrift shop to get some more clothes. I'm, I'm working my butt off. I'm tired. I don't have enough money for this. You're holding those things in your mind. And so you're stuck in a vibration and in a mindset that is constantly attracting your own efforts to being very fruitless versus somebody who's very successful, constantly attracting their own efforts to be very fruitful. Here's the thing. This is mostly the law of attraction works with alongside of the law of growth and the law of cause and effect. And so your work ethic, how you view life is actually a better gauge of the law of attraction and it's working in your life than how many magical red Corvettes you've received, right? We all love the idea of magical red Corvettes popping up around and we just become these, we just conjure We conjure magic out of every orifice because we know how to ask and believe and receive. That's wonderful. But the reality is, is if you want something bad enough and you're vibrating on that level strongly enough, you will step into a creative position inside this equation. And that's the key. When you ask, be prepared to be a part of the answer. Be prepared to step into the equation and insert your creative capacity. If you want a new job, at some point, you sure, you can get fired or you can magically get offered a new one. But there may, the law of attraction may actually need you 
to put on the vibration of being willing to quit, to step out into faith and believe that you have the perfect job, but the first thing you need to do is leave your old one. Because maybe your perfect job doesn't happen if you're not in a position in the right spot in the right place at the right time. So underneath all of this is following your intuition. Once you ask for something, once you've said and held in your heart and your desire, I want this thing so bad, then the next step is to trust the steps that your intuition, that the universe is actually, that God is giving back to you, right? That when you have a gut feeling, when you have an intuitive leading, when you just know that the right thing to do or the thing you need to do is X, Y, and Z, Do you then go back to your request and go, oh, well, this is just crazy. There's no way this will equal that. Or do you let go? Do you not actually believe? And do you have all this, insert all this doubt and everything? And usually that's what people do. Because the universe has asked you to step into a creative position in the equation. It will bring you the thing that you've desired, but you need to participate. You need to become the person who can even handle it whatever reason, the universe, I would say easily nine times out of 10, you are part of the solution. And it's not just sitting in a chair in a recliner, closing your eyes and visualizing a red Corvette showing up at your door. Yes, that can happen. But nine times out of 10, it's going to be, well, I want this red Corvette so bad, I'm going to start delivering pizzas in the evening. And I'm going to work an extra this and I'm going to sell some stuff. And I'm going to maybe get a loan and you know all these all these things that you go create and step into the equation it is not a sign of the failure of a law of attraction it's actually proof that it is exactly the creative process in the individual it's not the magic process of the universe it's the creative process in you that you create your life based on the vibration that you hold in your thoughts and your emotions And yes, some of it can be super freaking magical. Some of it can absolutely come out of nowhere. We all have those stories and they are beautiful. And that is very much something that increases as you begin to vibrate more and more and more on the level of the life that you want to live. You'll start getting more and more random people come to you, more and more random opportunities, more and more just synchronicities and like, oh my gosh, that's so perfect timing in the perfect way. But in the beginning, especially, you step into that equation and you become part of the creative process. Then that's where so much of the belief comes in, too, is, you know, when. So I'll speak for myself as an entrepreneur. I think I've told the story about, you know, I did not have a relationship with my grandfather on my dad's side for about 20 20 years. And, uh, you know, lots of family drama around that. It was, you know, I knew him when I was younger. And just recently, in the last year or so, have been able to reconnect. He and my father have reconnected. And I was with him about a year ago. We were having uh, having lunch. And I asked him, I said, you know, Papa, how many, how many companies have you started in your life? How many companies have you run? And he said, oh, I don't know, 60 or 70. And I, I've, at 30 years old, I'm, I'm over 20 at least. And, or 38 years old, I'm over 20 companies at least. And I've had a lot of failures and I was kind of starting to take on the identity of I am a failure. That's the C in me. If you go back to a few episodes ago, when we went over the C's that I didn't fail, I am a failure. <laughs> I was starting to believe that. And and uh, I asked him, I said, well, did you ever fail, Papa? And he goes, well, of course. Of course I did. But I figured as long as I, was, as long as I succeeded 51% of the time, then I was a success. And just the simplicity of how he kind of like, well, of course I failed. It... 
gave me the resilience to not to to keep believing that even if I fail, even if I make a mistake, even if I make a decision that loses me more money, whatever, that I am not it doesn't waver my belief that I will build the life I desire. And that is so when you ask and then you step into this creative position in your life, then the real I don't know, the real rub then becomes how do you believe? Jesus says, when you ask, believe that you have what you've asked for. Well, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief, right? This this idea that belief is kind of a, this nebulous thing, I love, love, love what we talked about last week with Grant, is how every belief is essentially a decision. And if you can pull beliefs down from this like mystical, unknown energy of like, well, I'm not sure what I believe. Well, what have you decided what have you decided your life is going to be? And oh my gosh, the energy difference of that from, well, I believe my life is going to be X, Y, and Z. No, I've decided my life is going to be this. Suddenly, the idea of failure is, is non-existent. It's simply, it's simply course corrections. It's simply lessons learned. It's simply, I don't know, it's, it's, it is not oh, I have failed. It is, oh, I need to do something different. I need to, because I've decided I'm going to be X, Y, and Z. I'm going to freaking be it. I believe that I have what I've asked for. I've stepped, put myself into this creative equation. I am going to build the life I desire. I'm going to get where I desire to get. And there's really no way that I'm not. The only way that I'm not and is, is if I give up. So you know the uh, the old saying from Yoda, the old saying, I don't know, there is no try, only do. I was meditating on this uh, a few years ago. I was like, that's, I mean, people, oh, there is no try, only do. And it's like this really spiritual saying. And I just, I was meditating, driving. I remember exactly where I was in the road and heading into town. And it just hit me. I thought, oh my gosh. You know the difference between trying and doing is that if you're trying then there is either a set of circumstances or a particular date in which you're willing to give up. Well, I'm trying to start a business, but when I run out of money, I'm going to have to go back to work or I'm trying to whatever. The I'm trying to have a kid. What I mean, there's some really powerful things that this, if you understand the vibration where we're trying to have a child. Like, are you trying to have a child or are you going to have a child? Is, is there ever a point at which you will give up? Is there ever a point at which you will stop? Is there ever a set of circumstances at which you will acquiesce to some other magical law of anti-attraction? I don't know. What, 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 is it, what is that force? We call it the devil. But what is that thing out there that supposedly keeps us from getting the things that we do desire? Here's, I got a dirty little secret for you. It's you. It is very much an energy of trying versus doing. If there is a set of circumstances or a date or whatever, that, and I call it the give up date. If you have a give up date, then you're trying. If you don't have a give up date, there's, there's this switch that gets flipped to where I'm not trying to be an entrepreneur. I am one because I'm not going to give up being one. I'm not trying to do New Age Christianity. I am doing New Age Christianity. This, this thing may take so many different forms. 
it may not be a podcast forever. It may not be everything that I wish it would be, but I'm not ever going to stop doing it. It will always have a form in my life. It will always have an outlet in my life because New Age Christianity is what I do. I'm not trying to do it. It is what I do. There is no give up date. There is no set of circumstances in which I will stop. And the only thing that would ever have me stop is to intuitively feel like it, it served its purpose and it's come to an end. And then that's fine because at the end of the back end of that, there's no feeling of failure. It's actually a feeling of success. It's I've done that. I started a college service at my uh, church in Arizona when I was in college, and it lasted a year. It kind of it did this bell curve really fast. It went to you know over 100 people a night for about six months, and then we all took a break for Christmas break, as college students do. Everyone went home, and then nobody really came back. It never got over 12 students. But when I look back, I think the last count was that there's over a dozen marriages and like over 40 children that are now in the world because of that college service. So the, you know, was that a success or a failure? I considered it a success. It felt like it came to its end and and there was no like, oh, you know, I wish I could keep doing it. So even if New Age Christianity ever does come to an end, if it's intuitively led and it feels like it's supposed to, then I'm not going to have this feeling of failure at the end of it. I'll have a feeling of success. So the truth is, is that I am doing New Age Christianity. I'm not trying to do it. And if you can flip that switch, anything that you're trying to do now becomes the thing that you do. And now Yoda's fulfill, you know, the fulfillment of that saying, there is no try, only do. Right? Are you trying to have a kid? Or are you having a kid? Are you trying to get pregnant? And this is, I use this analogy because pregnancy is the perfect analogy for the law of attraction because of that time delay. Again, listen to that episode about the good, the bad, and the ugly. There is a time delay in the law of attraction often because of the law of growth. And so getting pregnant is a perfect example of you have requested something of the universe and it has been received. And if you continue to believe it and to hold it and you don't step into like, well, I'm trying to do this, but you just know it's coming. It is the same expectancy that comes with being pregnant. And often people, because of the time delay, will essentially abort their child or have a miscarriage. They will have that thing that they desire because it took too long. They don't believe it anymore. And when you believe, there is an art to it. There's an art to asking and there's an art to believing. And there's an art to receiving. And the art to receiving is actually more simple than anything that I, in my opinion, it is actually way more simple than a lot of people have made it. Receiving is actually more like observing yourself. And it's the feeling of receiving, truly receiving, is gratitude. So when you're experiencing, when you're asking, when you're praying, and you're still praying the same thing, I, I've talked to my mother a few times about, you know, one of the reasons you know, one of the ways you know that you don't believe what you've asked for is you keep asking for it. Right. If you ask your parent, if you ask your your friend for you know to hand you the salt, and they hand you the salt, and then, and then you turn around and go, "Hey, can you hand me the salt?" Like you've already received it. Why would you ask for it again? Right. So that's kind of that same thing. Like if you if you're wanting a red Corvette, and you're starting to work your way towards it, you you begin to have a vision for how I'm going to, okay, this is how I'm going to get more red Corvette, which is, I think is one of the beautiful parts of the fact that the law of attraction usually works with the law of growth and the law of cause and effect, and that you partake, you partake as a creator of this red Corvette in your life. 
what happens? You ask for the red Corvette, you believe it, you're not going to just hope for it. You do are going to get a red Corvette. And so you step into this creative mode where you develop a plan. And now you don't keep asking the universe for a red Corvette. You start enacting a plan because you're pregnant. You don't have the red Corvette yet. But you know you've got the thing that you've asked for. It's just growing. You're, whether it's you're saving up their money or you're working that extra job or whatever, or you're waiting to find the perfect one, you are going to get your red Corvette. You have asked. You're not trying to get pregnant again. You're not trying to put like more. Like <laughs> you get the analogy, right? Like if you're pregnant, you don't need another baby in there. Like you don't need then another one and then another one and then another one. You know, sure, you can keep having sex because it's fun, but you're not having sex because you're trying to get pregnant. You are pregnant, right? So when you receive, there's an energy to the finality of it. And that energy primarily takes the form of gratitude and excitement and expectancy. So again, the pregnancy analogy or the Corvette, when you have a plan on getting how to get your Corvette and you go, oh, I know exactly how I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. What's the energy of that? It's ex- it's powerful. It's exciting. And literally, all you have to do is keep doing that plan and you will have your Corvette. And you know that. And it's this kind of like, oh, yes, I'm finally going to get my Corvette. It may be six months down the road. It may be nine months later that you have that child. But you're finally going to get that thing that you've been creating. And that excitement, It's there's, there's a reason that the parents get excited when they see the results of a pregnancy test because there's this known reality that in nine months we're going to have this thing. And so in many ways, we already have it now. Same with the Corvette, same with anything. That receiving often comes in the form of gratitude or expectancy. And here's the thing. You cannot artificially create gratitude or expectancy. So the art of receiving isn't Uh, do it just right and, you know, hold your arm upright like an antenna and your leg out to the left because you need to just stand just right in some yoga pose to receive. No, freaking observe yourself and observe your energy. And if you're still asking for the same thing, then you haven't received it yet. That's fine. Don't condemn yourself. Just continue to work through the first two, the asking and the believing. And then at some point, you'll hit this feeling of like gratitude, excitement, and when you hit those things, those feelings, you know that you have believed what you've asked for. So I don't try to artificially create gratitude. I simply observe when it shows up. It's, it's worked well for me. It's been a great gauge of whether or not I'm truly believing something. If I'm still stuck in fear, if I'm still stuck in, in trying, if I'm still stuck in worry, I don't condemn myself for not, not being grat- grateful or excited. I, I work on the asking and believing. I work on asking and believing, asking and believing, asking and believing. When I get that formula right, the receiving shows up. I don't have to try. The receiving is automatic. It's simply, it's simply the natural result of being grateful and excited. So when you pray, believe that you have what you've asked for, and it shall be given to you. It's that simple. Jesus was genius and how simple he made the universal laws. And there's so many other things that he that he did that with. But this law of attraction, this is, you know, it's, it's the best intro I can give you into what it is and how to work with it. Now, for those of you who are very familiar with it, and none of this has been new. Yes, thank you for waiting to the end. There's an idea that I want to share with you. And there's, it's a book, it's called, uh, it's a book, it's 
very thick and very well written and holy moly it's heavy lifting um it's made for those seas amongst us who like a lot of data but it's called anti-fragile and it's written by nasim nicholas talib it's a basic concept that when i first read it i just kind of blew my mind it's like what in the world like the title is anti-fragile things that gain from disorder Anti-fragile is essentially a word that he presents that says it actually needs to be present in our English language because we don't have a word for things that operate or that gain from disorder. So we have a word called fragile, so things that break. And then we think, oh, well, the, the, the opposite of things that break are things that don't break, so resilient, right? Well, that's not really true because in the sense that there's there's things that break but they benefit from breaking so they're not resilient but they're also not fragile and so there's this middle term and a perfect example is your muscles to work out to go lift weights you're actually tearing down your muscles so you could say they're fragile right your muscles are fragile that's why you can pull your muscles and everything like that but at the same time they're not exactly resilient because they can break, they can, they can be torn. And the reality is, as we all know, when you weight lift, the benefit becomes to your muscles that they have gained from disorder. They've gained from the pain. They have gained from being broken down. And there's actually a lot of, and this, this book does an amazing job of outlining all the different systems in humanity, in the body that actually gain from disorder. Now, why do I bring this into this discussion about the law of attraction? Because the simple truth is we all want our lives to change, but we wish things would never change. (laughs) We want the red Corvette without having to get that extra job. We want the life we want and the job we want without having to have new business partners. Pick a pick what it is, relationships, a physical form. So I want to be healthy and strong, but I really want to keep eating the way I've always eaten because I like it and I don't want to take the extra time to go to the gym. We all want change, but we want it in the form of magic. We want it in the form of presto changeo and it, that it can just we can keep doing the same things. We can keep thinking the same thoughts. We can keep having the same relationships. And somehow, we'll just take all of those things with us into this new way of being. And I'm sorry, but that's not how it works. If you want to build stronger muscles, you have to tear apart the muscles you have. And if you want to build a better life, you have to tear apart the life you have. Now, this can be on lots of different levels, and this is not some like overall like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, this is not a doomsday thing. You don't have to tear apart everything, but it depends on how much of a different life you want. If you want a drastically different life, you're going to have to drastically change. But here's the thing. You are anti-fragile. Yes, you can be torn apart. Yes, you can be broken. Yes, you are fragile in a sense, but you get stronger because of it. This is the same principle behind pruning a fruit tree. 
that you you cut things away so that you can produce more that fruit trees benefit from being cut they benefit from being pruned the human experience benefits from adversity we benefit from pruning and sorrow and pain and anger and all the junk that life throws at us it actually makes us stronger we are anti-fragile beings our society there's a lot of parts of our society that are actually anti-fragile as well and we're trying to build it to where it's just to where it's not so we're we're not letting the financial system collapse right this is a perfect example in 2008 we didn't let it collapse because oh no that would cause too much and we have this illusion of a never-ending and never-ending economic growth and we have no room in our societal mindset for the fact that maybe letting things collapse so that we can build stronger systems, letting them collapse again so we can build stronger systems that our society and our human experience is actually supposed to be anti-fragile. It's supposed to break so we can build it stronger and then break again so we can build it stronger. And we've gotten to this point where we don't want it to break. So we're trying to make it resilient and it's not going to work because it's not the way of things. It's not how the universal laws work. The law of growth requires a winter. You know, winter, spring, summer, fall, there is a cycle to how humanity works and how divinity works inside of humanity and how nature works. It is everywhere around us. We are anti fragile. And so, for those of you who have been working with the law of attraction for a while, and maybe it's not working in certain areas, I would encourage you to examine what things. So, you want, let's say you want that red Corvette. And yet you really value the extra time you have with your kids, right? And if to get that red Corvette, you're, you're, the idea that keeps rolling around in your intuition is, well, I need to start delivering pizzas in the evenings. But that means you don't get to spend that time with your kids. So the reason you don't have your, your red Corvette is not because the law of attraction is not working, but because you're trying to avoid the pain and the sacrifice that is required, like tearing your muscles while working, lifting weights. You're trying to get the life you want without getting, letting go of the life you have. And so learning to let go of certain elements may be the thing that you've missed. Maybe the reason that certain parts of your life aren't creating the law, the, the, the life you want is because there's parts of your life that you've been unwilling to let go of. Then that's fine. At least now you can look at it and say, oh, you know what? I want a red Corvette. And the best thought I have right now is to start delivering pizzas in the evenings. And I don't want to do that. So now you've, you know, good for you. Now you've realized, wait a minute. I value time with my children more than I value a red Corvette. So now you can then observe that thought. You can keep your ask, but then watch that awareness change okay so delivering pizzas in the evenings is not an option well then the universe now has a little bit more specificity to work with that it can say well then maybe try this maybe try uber and suddenly once you get your intuition off of this idea because your intuition is going to help you find the fastest way to the goal that you want but maybe it requires you to pay a price you're not willing to pay time with your children in this case that's fine then find another way around it and believe the universe will begin to bring other ideas. But you, it requires that awareness to realize, oh, I know why I don't have the thing I want. 
because it's bumping against something that I don't want to get rid of. And I'm not willing to get rid of. You have to understand, though, that at some point, you are going to greatly reduce the speed at which you experience building the life you desire because your your aversion to letting go of the life you have. Change requires change. It seems like a really simple thought, but if you meditate on it, you realize, oh, crap. If I want the life I want, I have to let go of the life I have. And that can look, again, it's equally, it's proportionate to how much of a different life you want. And uh, it may include changing relationships, professionally or personally. It may include changing your job. It may include changing where you live. It may include changing your habits and your hobbies. Well, how bad do you want that new life? You are anti-fragile and you will grow because of it. And if you haven't been growing, if you haven't been building it, it's because you're trying to be resilient instead of realizing that there is a value to gaining from disorder, gaining from pain, gaining from loss. And that is very much a universal law in the law of growth. So hopefully that insight uh, may unlock some things for a few of you who've, who know a lot about the law of attraction, but you've been stuck on a few spots. You know, I do warn you that uh, if you change your life, it will change everything. That's the point, but it's also not always easy and fun. So, uh, Anyways, I hope this episode has blessed you. I hope, uh, you know, this is one of my main tools on the path to enlightenment because enlightenment, again, part of the definition of enlightenment is living heaven on earth. And, um, and also this law of attraction work stuff works also for spiritual truth. That has largely been how I've used it most of my life is I have been a seeker of spiritual truth and the law of attraction has brought the right books into my life, the right teachers into my life. You've heard some of those stories. So it doesn't just have to be red Corvettes and babies. It can be lessons. It can be things that you've learned that if you meditate and you think on those things, you will find the right, you know, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So law of attraction is not just for physical things. It's for all aspects of life. And for me, it has been a massively powerful tool. And it is, you know, there's, I've learned a lot of lessons from it. And it's not been easy, but it has been worth it. So I hope this blesses you guys. As always, if you would consider donating, we'd greatly appreciate it. A few of you have uh, increased donations and made monthly uh, commitments, which is really, really helpful. Thank you so much. You know who you are. It's really a blessing and uh, exciting, actually, to to know that this is uh, blessing people enough to for them to give monthly. Um, if you have not ever given or you've not considered a monthly gift, just ask Spirit and uh, go from there. Other than that, uh, oh, I also have good news that uh, the, we finally have an approved Amazon affiliate account. Thank you to whoever made purchases through the Amazon links on the website. It has literally taken me three years to get one of those things because of their requirements of how many uh, purchases have to be made. So finally have an affiliate account with Amazon. Thank you to all of the NAC family. And uh, if you would continue just to, uh, you know, if you're going to buy these books that were recommended or um, anything off of Amazon, just go to the front page and click on that that, uh, banner on the right-hand side of the page and it'll take you and... uh, spread a little love to the NAC peeps. So love you guys. Hope you're doing well. Hope you have a good week and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.